I'm Chance Dorland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you each week by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As always, I'm joined today by Travis Hole, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group. And Travis, it's been at least a couple weeks since we spoke. What have you uh, been up to? You're working. You're a working man now. Yep. I'm back to my full-time schedule of uh, corporate English teaching, and um, you can kind of tell, you know, if the season's changing is, you know, it's, uh, we had some, I guess, yellow dust the other day, and um, as usual in the springtime, uh, the U.S. is doing their um, military exercises, and North Korea is not happy about that, so you can always kind of tell when the seasons are changing here based on, I guess, the weather, for one, and then what North Korea is up to. So that's kind of been interesting. Well, in all fairness to North Korea, I feel like their their motto of just like, we're going to nuke and F everyone over is kind of four seasons long. I don't know if that changes based on the seasons. I think it increases with the military exercises that are going on. You know, every spring, it seems like the, uh, the rhetoric just gets ramped up a little bit more than normal. Um, and I think those... Military exercises are starting this week, um, as far as I know. Yeah, and that's, of course, a normal thing. So you're right. It is it is kind of like on a clock, and uh, you do notice some things. I'm sure if you look back in time, you could see some, you know, some increases in tension. But uh, as I just noted as well, you know, back a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago when it was cold, we were still hearing a lot from North Korea. So I don't know. Maybe it's a little different this year. Yeah. Um, but something that is not different this year, and uh, it hasn't been different for quite a long time, probably since um, really there have been cars in Korea. Maybe I'll just go out on a limb and say it's been kind of universal like that. Um, there have been some bad drivers and um, some bad parking in South Korea. These are two topics that are very near and dear to my heart, as I really believe deep down one day I'm going to be struck dead by a car here in Seoul, standing (laughs) next to my girlfriend. Hopefully, you know, I'll do the nice thing and like push her out of the way, Um, you know, but maybe she'll, I don't know, she'll, she'll see me get hit by a car so that, you know, that love will be seared into her for the rest of her days while I'm just dead. Um, Because this happens all the time. Whenever we're walking in a crosswalk here, we always have to watch out because that's the worst time um, for your safety. That's the time that you're always going to get hit. And I just noticed this time and time again, uh, as my girlfriend and I are walking home, to the place that we live together here in Seoul. Um, The reason I bring up that horrible story and the reason we're discussing this today is because a new website just popped up called Parking Vigilantes of Korea, which asks, quote, have you had enough of asshole parking? If so, you've come to the right place and you can check them out at pvk.website. We're getting all these weird URL extensions. That website. Yeah, I think they. I think they. Um, they in- increase the number of URLs. So there's a, you can you can register almost anything these days. Yeah, it used to be everything was com, net, or org, and then you know, all, all the countries wanted their own um, endings. So I, I get that. You know, the that dot kr dot co dot everything else. Um, but yeah, dot website. Well, you know, at least it's right there. You know what it is. <laughs> and 10 Magazine um, did a recent write-up about this, so I'll, I'll take some information from them. Thank you, 10 Magazine. Um, they write that Parking Vigilant in Korea is a new website that sells Korean language stickers designed to be attached to cars that have been parked with little to no consideration for others. So promising to both anger and embarrass the guilty parties, the stickers read, quote, Congratulations, you've been chosen as a perfect example of a self-centered, entitled asshole driver. 
That's, of course, in Korean. Um, that statement made on a bright A4 yellow and red sticker is uh, with a apparently seriously strong glue. So I guess it will stick. <laughs> the guys might have to take out some alcohol to get that off. Is also surrounded by multiple examples as to why the recipient may have been selected for such a high honor of this sticker. 10 Magazine says some of the examples translate roughly as I'm the kind of human garbage that parks in a handicapped space, even though I'm not handicapped. I'm too fucking stupid to park within the lines. And I crave attention so much that I park in fire lanes. The stickers start at about $10, uh, 10 American dollars for a pack of 10. And the website also accepts user submissions where you can upload pictures of putting these stickers on cars. So that's parking. I've checked out that website. Um, 10 bucks for 10 stickers is kind of a lot, but this is such a novelty item, you know, I, I think I could probably throw down to get those. Um, and also, there's only one user submission, I believe, um, as of now, but uh, I could see that exploding at any time. That's parking, Travis. But as you know, as I just mentioned, um, you know, I'm not going to get hit in the crosswalk by a parked car. Um, so driving, dare I say, is equally as bad here in Korea. I'm usually not driving. You know, I'm in a bus. Uh, I've been actually in a bus that's been hit by a car. Um, hats off to the bus driver and the people on the bus. It was no big deal. You know, everyone was just told to get off and we got off into another bus and there was no fistfight or anything. But, you know, that happens. And according to the most recent OECD statistics, Korea actually has been the worst country for traffic fatalities in the entire group and has held that spot since 2013, which means that driving in the ROK is only better than countries like Albania, Georgia, India, Montenegro, Russia, and Ukraine, which are also included in that OECD data. Um, so perhaps because of this, um, in Korea, dash cams that record that constantly record video both in front and behind the vehicle. Sometimes you'll get in a car that has dash cams in both directions. They're very common and they're actually referred to as a black box here on the peninsula. A black box, of course, is that recorder from an airplane that is usually all that survives, you know, after the plane crashes and everyone dies and they try to figure out what happens. So more or less, not only is the perception that parking and driving in Korea is very bad, and this is something that could be said about me. I have very bad perceptions about drivers and parking in Korea. This is not just what people think. This is backed up by actual data, at least certain sets of actual data. Um, there is some truth to this at the very least. And so that's why we're talking about this today, Travis. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that there is definitely the perception there. And then there is there is data to back it up. Um, you know, you constantly see articles reported that Korea has, you know, the highest fatality rate for pedestrians in the OECD. There, there's all kinds of um, data to back up that, um, that, is, that perception, I think. Um, and it's certainly something that gets a lot of play in the foreign community. There, before this um, website, uh, Park in, Parking Vigilantes of Korea, was created, there was also another group on Facebook called um, Failed Parking in South Korea, which has over a thousand members. And then there's another one called Failed Parking and Driving in South Korea, which has 500 members. And people there post, you know, just ridiculous examples of parking. So it's certainly something that um, catches uh, foreign nationals' attention when they're living here in Korea. And we had another poll this week. Why don't you talk about that? It was another 100-plus uh, vote poll. The last one we did, I think that was probably the first time we hit 100, and this one easily surpassed 100 votes. Yeah. It, I, this week, I didn't really ask them a specific question. I just kind of was more looking for opinions on driving in Korea. And the overwhelming um, 
you know, majority of people said that uh, there needs to be a crackdown, uh, big time crackdown on traffic violations here. And, um, you know, people also complained about the lack of people using indicators um, are just people using hazards for no reason, causing confusion, accidents, and road rage. And, you know, there was a slight majority of people that got the third most number of votes that um, stated, you know, driving here has improved significantly over the last couple of decades, which which I would say is probably true. Um, I guess, you know, I didn't live here in the 1980s or 1970s, but I had, um, I've had students who said that you know, if you had a car back then, you were considered to be a little more elite, and um, people kind of took advantage of that. Um, you know, driving however they wanted to. Um, but can so I, you? I, we'll we'll talk about some of those other responses um, near near the top. But could you imagine what that means if it's worse? I mean, I'm I'm being a little comical here. Like someone is not trying to kill me when I'm in the crosswalk with my girlfriend, but it feels like that at times. But I can't imagine it being noticeably worse. What, what it would be, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, 30 years ago, like you just mentioned. Can you imagine that? What, what would that be like? I, I lived, you know, in Cambodia and I've traveled all over Southeast Asia. I've been to China a couple of times and I can see that it's a lot worse in those countries um, when you compare them with Korea. It's mostly to me, it seems it's mostly because of all the motorbikes that are on the roads in those countries, whereas Korea is. OK, you know, yeah. So that's a little different when I'm talking about traffic. You definitely see the motos here in Korea, uh, the motobai, as they would say. Um, you see those all the time, but they're nowhere near uh, a sizable amount of the traffic. You just notice them because they're weaving in and out. It's by far just cars. So if you changed the type of vehicles that were on the road, I could see that being a difference, but I just I just point this out because I, I'm really afraid of I, I feel like I'm going to get hit by a car like that's what's going to do me in here. <laughs> um, you know, as I've mentioned, I was in the Peace Corps. I lived in Columbia for a couple of years and um, the biggest problem there that I saw was just that the roads were in such poor condition, like there'd just be a giant hole in the road. And so you'd have the cars like weaving in and out. It'd be a straight road, but the cars would be doing like figure eight type of like yeah. back and forth because they would just be dodging the, the holes in the road. Um, but I didn't see people run red lights like I see here in Korea. I didn't see people. Well, maybe they couldn't go ridiculously fast because they would fall into a giant hole. But, you know, I didn't see people that were particularly speeding either. It just seemed like the the infrastructure was so bad that probably, you know, could have. You know, and, and like, you know, some of the cars are crappy. So maybe the car just would have like, you know, hit someone and just like exploded because, you know, <laughs> something nicked the gas tank or something like that. But, you know, here in Korea, you have wonderful cars. You very rarely see like a beat up car in Korea. So much so that if I see a beat up car that would just be like the same or even slightly better than a car that like a high schooler back home in Iowa would have, I'm always like, wow, look at that crappy old car because, you know, everything's nice here. So yeah, people seem to replace their cars here every couple of years. Um, I, yeah, the roads here, there's no problem with the roads. They're well kept. I mean, especially in Seoul. Um, it just seems like there's a, even outside of Seoul, I've, I've done a lot of driving with my girlfriend's family in the Southern tip of the peninsula. And it, I haven't been to a place where the roads are bad. Maybe it exists, but I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Either have I really, actually, I, I've, uh, been all over Korea and I've noticed that everywhere you go, the roads are in great condition. The automobiles are in, you know, they're brand new usually. So it is it is more of a issue with people's you know willingness to follow traffic rules and part of you know part of the issue here is that people's gps uh systems in their car will alert them when 
they're in speed traps. So people are going to be more likely to, you know, to speed because they can get away with it. Um, I think in the States, at least where I'm from, they, they, the GPS system won't tell you when there's a speed trap. You just get a ticket in the mail. A lot of times uh, airplanes fly overhead to kind of catch people on, you know, who are unwittingly uh, thinking they're getting away with speeding. So it seems like the enforcement, enforcement, especially, you know, in the Midwest is, is a lot stronger than you get here in Korea. Yeah. Uh, back home. In, in Iowa, where I'm from, you know, the cops, they respond to, you know, emergencies and stuff like that. But basically the town cop in my part of town, you know, where I was from, that guy wrote tickets. That, that was his main job, speed traps. And that would be, you know, sitting outside of town with the, with the radar gun. But now, you know, in town and in, in the metropolitan areas, I guess maybe Des Moines would be called the metropolitan area now. It's a little bit more hip than it was 10 years ago. Um, you know, they have the, the, the speed cameras and things like that, and as well as the cops who, you know, will sit with the radar guns. So you're getting it from all over the place. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but I want to go back through some of the the winners, if you will, the 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 most voted for um, scenarios from the poll. So number one was, let's let's get real, let's have some more enforcement of the rules. That was like sixty or seventy people, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's important because, as we've just been mentioning, it doesn't seem like an infrastructure problem, at least with the physicality of the road itself. It's a problem where people know they're breaking the laws, but they don't care. So they're de facto not really laws. And it's it's very telling that that's the number one, you know, more than 100 people participated in this, but around 60 or 70 people, clear majority, just enforce the laws. That might be a solution. It's not going to happen, but that is a possible solution. And I think a lot of that goes back to, you know, back when Korea was more authoritarian than it is today, where the police were overstepping their boundaries. So these days, it almost feels like um, the police are a little bit, not necessarily scared, but they're a little bit um, hesitant to get involved with people's lives. Uh, whereas in the States, you know, you get pulled over, the policeman has a conversation with you. If he thinks you're being suspicious, he might even try to search your car. And I've never heard of a police officer ever trying to search someone's car here in Korea. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I would just... like to see a video of that exchange with the officer, you know, in Korea. And he's, he's like, excuse me, sir. I think I'm going to have to search your vehicle. And then the reaction on that guy's face or that woman's face. Oh yeah. Whereas, I mean, one thing that's a little bit different in Korea with driving is that they do, I mean, they seem to enforce drunk driving pretty well here. Um, they have yeah, that's 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 weird. I've seen checkpoints. They do do that. It still happens here, and people get out of it because I've I've read about that type of thing. But you do see what appears to be an honest effort to catch drunk drivers, at least at you know certain parts of the town, certain times of the year. Yeah, and, and you do see that where I'm from as well. But um, it just seems more prevalent and almost. Not nightly, but regularly, where they stop and check drivers to make sure they're not drinking and driving. Which, I mean, that if that was not enforced, things would even be, you know, probably be more of a mess than they already are here because of the amount of, of drinking that goes on uh, during the evening hours in Korea. Yeah, but that's funny because when you think of bad driving in the States or like an accident, my mind just goes to drunk driving, you know, because I've, I've read about that. You know, I know some people from back home who unfortunately have gotten drunk driving arrests and actually caused an accident and put someone in the hospital. Um, and then they kept drinking. <laughs> I can <laughs> see on Facebook that they're still drinking now. Um, 
but you know, like whatever, you know, people make mistakes. I, I'm sure you can still be a perfectly good human being and have been convicted of drunk driving, but uh, that's something that comes to mind. But when I think of accidents and, tra- and traffic, but w- when I think about it in Korea, that's never the issue. I've driven in South Korea, rented a car one time, did a short trip when I first moved here. And I, I, I never was worried about someone just slamming into me because they were drunk. It was once again, because they don't care. They're going to cut me off. They're going to go really quick. They're going to, you know, you're supposed to give like a couple car lengths of uh, distance depending on how fast you're going. And you're supposed to have more car lengths if you double the speed or, you know, 10 more miles per hour. There's, I, I don't think I've ever seen people actually giving car length distances on the highway here. It's always just bumper to bumper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of the accidents that are here is just, it's either negligence um, on the part of the drivers or them not caring about others. Um, I, I'm not really sure what the cause of it is. Um, it just seems, you know, that based on well, it's my enforcement, right? It's, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's enforcement. It, that's it. Well, I mean, it's also kind of, I mean, it kind of goes back to some of the social situations you see here in Korea where it's like kind of a me, me, me society. So if, if the person's not your family and they're not your friends or they're not your colleagues, you know, people don't really care about, you know, others. Or it seems, I, I kind of get that perception from, from living here that, you know, random citizens on the street don't really care for each other. And that, that kind of reflects on the driving here as well. Yeah, I've heard that brought up before, the whole idea that Confucian values sometimes only hold true for the people you know or your family members, and then, you know, they they go out the window when you're dealing with just the anonymous person on the road. But I really think that if I had grown up in Iowa when there was no risk of getting a ticket on the highway, no matter what you did, um, and there was no risk of getting any type of penalty for, you know, realistically doing whatever the hell you want on the road— Maybe I would drive that way, too. I, I really don't know that it has that much to do with the culture. I really think that it is just enforcement. But let's move on. So we talked about the number one. What was the number two response here? On the, poll? Uh, the number two was lack of using indicators for turning and pulling over combined with use of hazards for anything else causes confusion, accidents and roadage, which I guess is, you know, a general gripe people have that, you know, they're not people aren't indicating very well. Um, I do have friends here who drive and I know they experience road rage because I've been in the car with them when they experience it. So it, for me, it almost seems like too much of a headache. I, I would never drive a car in South Korea because I just don't want the added drama. You know, um, there's enough, there's enough, um, you know, microaggressions that you experience on the subway or the, the public transportation system where I wouldn't ever want to up the, up the ante by getting behind the wheel of a car here regularly. What's interesting about this second one, it seems more technical. Like it's like, you know, people are turning. No matter what the enforcement is, people still have to turn. So they're not using their signals. Um, That causes confusion. Something that um, was mentioned directly that I want to bring up is the use of uh, the hazard lights, the flashers. Um, One time when I was in a car a very long time ago here in South Korea, I noticed that the cars in front of us were flashing their hazards like on and off. And the girl who was driving, she explained to me that that meant that everyone was slowing down. Like you're going at constant speed. And then when you see that you have to slow down really quickly, people will turn on their hazard lights for a couple seconds to show the cars behind them that that change in speed is coming up. So while I've completely agree with everything that I've said so far about, you know, the dangerous driving here in South Korea, tip of the cap to the Korean drivers. I've never heard of that anywhere else. Have you ever encountered that here? 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some kind of, I, I don't know if it's a mannerism, but you do see some stuff that's kind of unique to Korea, um, that using the hazards is one of them. Um, I, I notice a lot of Koreans also put their car into neutral when they're at stoplights, and I actually asked in, about in a, that. In a fully automatic car. Yeah, and that was, I guess that's to save energy, save fuel. I don't know if I believe that or not, but that's another thing I notice that people do is they'll, they'll shift into neutral, which... I mean, that seems totally unsafe to me because you're not prepared if someone comes up behind you or, you know, it seems like there could be all kinds of issues. But I've seen that happen so many times and I've actually asked Koreans about it and they say, you know, it's to, to save fuel. But um, I, I don't buy it, really. Um, I, so yeah, I see that a lot with taxi drivers. Yeah, they'll shift into neutral at the stoplight. Um, again, I'm not quite sure what the, you know, why that is particular to Korea. I've never noticed anyone doing that in the States. And same with the hazards. Um, or even just, you know, people, it seems like they're not paying attention. They're just switching lanes without, you know, without turning on their their indicators. And that, that does seem to be a common problem, especially when you're on the freeways here. If there's ever a time you should, you know, fear for your life, it's when you're behind the wheel of an automobile on the freeway in Korea because anything can come at you. And you see like a... In Oink, you know, we see videos every week of just these crazy accidents on the freeway where, you know, especially at high rates of speed and people not paying attention to what they're doing, not using their hazards or not using their indicators correctly, you're going to have these kind of accidents. And it, it seems like every week there's there's new videos of this kind of um, content. And I guess that, that goes back to when you mentioned about black boxes there that I mean, you get some entertaining footage, and you get some horrifying footage too um, from some of these these accidents that are caused. Let's just talk about uh, uh, the number three and number four responses, and we'll move on to parking. What was number three? Um, number three was that driving has improved significantly over the last couple decades. Um, number four was kind of similar to the first number one vote. It says the government just needs to enforce the law. And so let's talk about number three then. So. You, we, we discussed this a little bit. Why do you attribute the change? Um, I don't think it's the fact that certain foreigners are complaining about it and then Koreans are finally getting in line with some driving laws. What do you think is changing this? Is it that more people are driving, so it's becoming a, a, a more of a norm um, to have a car or at least be able to drive a car, and that's changed the culture of obeying the laws just of your own free will since the cops are going to write not write you the tickets, or is it something else? What is it? I think people are just getting more, more used to driving cars. You know, if you look back at the U.S. when we first got cars or when they be, first became, you know, kind of um, popularized in our society, the accident rates were just horrific. So, you know, it takes there's a learning curve for people, for societies to learn how to drive correctly and learn how to follow the rules. I mean, in the United States, we've been driving for, you know, probably close, probably over a hundred years now. And we, um, we still have horrible rates of, of, um, death road deaths every year. So it's, it's not like it's just Korea's problem, but not anywhere near South Korea though. That's true. That's true. And in the United States, as you know, very well coming from South Dakota, the best Dakota, as you put it, but uh, my retort, there's only one Iowa. If you don't drive in the Midwest, you don't exist. You, I mean, maybe if you live in Des Moines or Iowa City, you know, those are my references as, as an Iowa boy. But, um, you know, they have like some buses or you could be lucky enough that you might be able to walk to work if you have some random job that's right next to where you live. But you have to drive. So I would argue that 
America is quite a lot safer than South Korea because in South Korea, you have wonderful public transportation. You don't have to drive. In many parts of the United States, you have to drive. That's true. Where I'm from, you absolutely have to drive. You you, can, you could maybe scrape by using public transport, but it's it, it would be a really challenging um, existence. So you have to... You have to have a car where where we're from, and you know we kind of grew up around it. I mean, I got my driver's license when I was sixteen, and sixteen driving to work every day in Des Moines. Yeah, I remember. I mean, that. and my parents really drove home the point that you know that you're getting behind uh, the wheel of a, a machine that is capable of killing someone or killing you, and you need to be very careful about it. And that was that was really ingrained in me from a very young age. And I think I think a lot of you know younger kids in America get that. Um, that kind of education. You know, also we we were trained to drive cars. I took a, I took a class on driving when I was a kid in, in high school, and uh, you know they were very, uh, very very clear that you know what we're what we're doing is very dangerous, and we need to be absolutely careful while we're doing it. And so I, I've always kind of had a, I think a healthy respect for automobiles since I was very young. I know I know they're very dangerous um, machines. So I, I don't know if that you know that kids in Korea are getting that same kind of um, I guess scare tactics from the people who are educating them about vehicles when they're younger and um, from what I've heard it you know it's it's pretty easy to get a driver's license in Korea even if you don't know how to drive and I think I failed you know my driving test I think I failed it three or four times before I was able to pass um, yeah, that's pretty common where I'm from, too, having to take it multiple times, even after you've gone through driver's ed. I know specifically here in South Korea, I've never taken the test. Um, they recently changed it or they're right now just about to change it because they said that it was too easy or they just wanted to make it more difficult. Uh, but, yeah, I specifically I know a guy. Uh, European and, um, it, you know, in Europe, like a lot of things, you know, if you have an EU passport you can go to all the eu countries and if you have a driver's license in one of them i guess it works in all of them so he lives in the netherlands and it's really expensive to get um the driver's license there Uh, you have to take classes and all this stuff so what he did was somehow it worked out and he explained to me that he got his driver's license here in korea and it's reciprocal with uh the eu or at least the netherlands and so then he then got his Netherlands slash European driver's license just because he got it here in Korea and he saved a ton of money. Um, and it was easier here than it would have been back there. So, uh, yeah, perhaps more education is the answer. Um, real quick before we move on to parking, were there any comments that were worthy of noting um, on this specific topic concerning driving in South Korea? Yeah, there were a few. I mean, one guy mentioned that he never drives here anymore and he was thankful, thanking God for that. And he he thought he would end up murdering someone through sheer rage and frustration if he can continue driving in Korea. And that's kind of the feeling I get, you know, from a lot of expats is they just become just enraged. And it, it also makes their life, I mean, not, not to say that having a car isn't convenient, but it seems to make their life almost worse than not having it just because of the amount of, um, you know, BS they deal with on the roads on a daily basis. So I think, you know, one key to having a, happy expat life is maybe just to avoid avoid driving at all costs here um, if you can you know and another guy mentioned that um, he had a he had a longtime expat friend in Korea who used to tell me that he didn't know of any motorcyclist who eventually hadn't been in a serious accident and that's pretty much true for me too I mean I know I know at least three or four friends here who drove motorcycles and all of them were involved in accidents which caused them to be hospitalized so 
That's another. And there have been thing. expats that have died yep, um, yep. in uh, moto accidents. I was supposed to go to a party. Um, I think back in 2012, 2013, I couldn't make the party, and um, one of the guys who attended the party ended up um, dying on his motorbike on the way home from the party um, later in the evening. So, yeah, I mean that's something that you hear a lot about. Um, you definitely, you know, if you're if you're driving a motorcycle in Korea, you have to be very very careful because it just seems like. Almost everyone you meet who drives here long enough will be involved in a serious accident. So that's that's an extra, you know, added risk that you don't necessarily you're, you're less protected in a motorcycle. So I'm not even sure why an expat would want to drive a motorcycle here. I mean, I, I suppose it could be very fun and thrilling, but to me, I, I would do it. It's just uh, I'm afraid of being murdered, uh, <laughs> just like I'm afraid of walking in the crosswalk. Um, and, you know, you got to buy it. That's the thing. I, mean, I don't want to throw a bunch of money down on something that I, I don't know anything about mechanics. So, like, you know, had to pay some guy to fix it. And, you know, but I, I would love to do it. I know I've ridden one in the past and they were a lot of fun. But the, the thing I want to bring up about expats on um, motos here, and I don't want to stereotype, but I know at least two people who have gotten in trouble because they literally just bought a moto and drove it around like no license, no insurance. You know, I don't think they got in trouble for not having a helmet or anything, but you know, they eventually got found out that they were riding these motos and uh no respect for any of the regulations. Not that they got trouble for speeding or something like that, but just it eventually got found out, you know, I guess if you ride one illegally enough, cop you know, eventually is going to run your plate or something and figure it out. One guy actually found a moto license plate on the grounds and just put it on his and started driving with it. And then a cop um, checked his plate one time and found out that, I don't know, maybe they thought it was stolen or something, but it just, it, it didn't belong to that motor, uh, that moto. And, uh, he had to pay a really big fine. And, uh, another expat friend of mine actually got in an accident, but, um, like didn't report it. Um, and it wasn't his fault. Like the car hit him and he was all in the, in the, the, the right area he should have been. It wasn't like he was just driving on, uh, the sidewalk, like a lot of motos here do. Um, but he didn't end up getting any compensation for it or, um, probably even getting like his medical bills paid for because he was riding a moto illegally. So he just went to the doctor and like, oh, I fell on my knee. So if if foreigners are doing that, I, I guess Koreans probably are doing that as well. Well, I think a lot of foreigners, they, you know, they, they like their, they appreciate the freedom that they're given here with driving. And so they start taking up the mindset of the locals and they just start ignoring laws. You know, one of my friends, his favorite thing, you know, about riding a motorcycle in Korea was being able to weave through traffic and, you know, get home a little quicker than people driving cars. So it seems like a lot of foreigners here just like they eat that right up and they start, you know, breaking traffic rules, too, because it's like, well, if we can't beat them, we might as well join them. Yeah, and yeah that, might as well. That, that's that's a huge issue um, with people. You know, I think it used to be where you could get a bike under a certain number of CCs and you didn't need a license, a motorcycle license. But I think now. I think it's pretty much all motorcycles need that license, and I, I'm not sure that most foreigners really follow that rule or even have a license to drive these things. So, yeah, it could Definitely. be. Once again, these were two guys that I know specifically who uh, you know I know of, and and they they told me these instances. Uh, I'll leave them unnamed. Perhaps someone will <laughs> recognize the story, but <laughs> I I also know foreigners who have insurance, have a quality motorcycle. Or, or moto, whatever you want to call it, have a helmet and are not breaking the law. So I just want to point that out. These are two people um, that I know 
you know, did things a little bit differently. Uh, but Travis, uh, let's wrap things up here a little bit. Let's talk about parking. It, when it comes to parking, is it just the fact that, you know, we often in, in Korea live in very big, overcrowded cities and there's not enough room for parking and this inevitably leads to um, some bad choices? Or is this something else? Is this just a blatant disregard for parking rules that are more lazy than anything else? Where, where do you put it? I don't know. It's probably some somewhere in the middle there. Um, you meet, you, you see a lot. That that is a common theme or a common, a common complaint among foreigners about the parking here. But some of it is, you know, there is a lack of parking space. I think I, the only place I've ever been besides Japan that has, um, you know, elevator style parking for cars is Korea. So they put these cars in these like elevators and then they park them. So I mean, there is definitely a lack of um, a parking space here, but. Sometimes it is just people being selfish. You know, someone wants to run into the store and they block up two lanes of traffic to do that. I've seen. Oh, yeah, they, they park in a lane of traffic like it's not the shoulder of the road that's meant for parking. They just park in the road itself. And it's just a one lane road each direction. So you literally have to drive around them. But the incoming the oncoming traffic is coming at you as well. You see that every day. Yeah, it, it seems like that's just like blatant disregard for the rules. Some roads are actually set up. Um, there's a road over by Gongdok um, where it's set up in the evening. It's a road, but in the middle of it, you can park legally. Um, and it looks kind of funny when you see it, but it does work because the traffic's still flowing and stuff. So some of it's, you know, the setup of the system. I think a lot of it is, you know, people don't want to pay for parking. So they're going to kind of try to squeeze in wherever they can get get into without getting towed. Um, I know, you know, in the Itaewon area and Hongdae on the weekends, it's really hard to find good parking or to find any parking. Um, so a lot of it, you know, is a lack of space. And some of it is just people being lazy and not wanting to um, to put put any extra effort into finding a parking space. They don't want to drive around for an extra 10 minutes, you know, and search for a spot. So, and, you know, some of it is, um, you know, apartments. They don't offer parking to their tenants. So every night these guys get home from work late and they're forced to kind of seek out a, a parking spot so some of it is just a lack of space and some of it just is blatant disregard for others um there's it's it's just, it's a healthy mix there i think well what's the solution then i uh, my case at least for improving driving was improving um enforcement of the laws i don't think they need any special laws they just need to enforce them so do we need you know people driving around beep 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 all day long and just you know giving people tickets for horrible parking jobs or probably I mean, they probably they probably need some better way to report parking i know they've tried to create several apps to do that but it just seems like even though these apps exist that nothing's being done to change it so it, it's a constant issue that comes up but it just seems like there's no steps or no you know noticeable steps being taken to resolve the problem um one, you know, another thing is probably um, increasing the number of parking spaces available for people. It is, I mean, Seoul is a big city, but at the same time, it's not much landmass here. So you have to, um, you know, they have to account for the number of cars on the road and, and the number of parking spaces available in order to kind of alleviate some of these problems. But I, I also do think it does come back to enforcement. And if they're, if they're willing to enforce it, and if they're willing to start handing out, you know, $100 tickets to people for parking illegally, the attitude's going to change very quickly. 
And then so finally, before we say goodbye, how do you think this compares um, with other countries? We we obviously talked about the OECD statistics for traffic fatalities. Korea, number one, at least two years in a row. I think they're going to release some new statistics here in at least a couple of months. It seems like it would be the time to release the new statistics for this based upon how they've done it in the past. Um, but when it comes to parking, is this similar, do you think, to other Asian countries? How do you think this compares to, to parking in the States, for instance? Well, it's a lot worse than in the States. I mean, I was, um, I lived in Minneapolis for a while and they would have. Really? Very... You lived in the, uh, the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Yeah. I went to school out there. I was out there for four years. Ah. Um, but yeah, they would have, you know, during a snow emergency, they would have each side of the road would be sectioned off and you get towed if you parked on the wrong side of the road and they're, my university would tow people for parking illegally. I mean, so, and when you get towed in the U S it's a very costly situation. It sucks. Yeah. It's like $300. And my friend got towed, um, over in Haebongchon, he was towed and I think it cost him like, um, $60 or something to get. Really? He got towed. I was just going to say, I've never seen a car get towed in Korea, but you knew he, where, where knew, did he park? He he parked on top of a cop? I mean, what do you have no, to do to get parked, towed? Um, he parked on uh, a reserve spot, and he knew where to go get his car because they had a sign-up that listed the towing company, and then he was able to easily find his car. Um, but it was cheap. It was really cheap, and they didn't ticket him. They just towed him. They didn't give him a ticket or anything. Nice. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe making that kind of thing a little more costly to people who our violating parking laws might go some way towards uh, reducing the number of people that are willing to park illegally. All right. Well, well, that's interesting. I uh, I hope to meet this friend of yours. Like I said, I was just about to say I've never seen other than when you tow a car after an accident because you just don't want to drive it or it's just so total you can't drive it. Um, yeah. Can't say I've, I've even seen someone get towed. No, he was he was towed. He was pretty shocked. He was shocked by the towing, but it wasn't a huge ordeal i think by the time we went to pick up a friend we went to his house for a little bit and played video games and then we we, we came out his car was gone but i think we got to the tow to the um station within 15 minutes and his car was there and you know it was a small fee to get it out of there so they was, probably like sprayed the inside with a nice scent and like cleaned off the glass <laughs> like it's probably full service towing. yeah yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't a bad deal in the states i think if you didn't have the cash to pay they would keep it oh they won't give you back your card no i when i when i lived in la uh, emerson college has an la campus like a lot of schools they just like have some places you can stay and they call it a campus um emerson has actually built a, a really big complex there and it's an actual legit campus now but when i was there in burbank it was just this gated community and then some some of the apartments were Emerson students, some of the apartments, I think like NYU. And then there was a bunch of like unemployed actors who were there as well. It was just like a normal gated community in Burbank. And I had parked in an area that was in cement. Like it, it, it was like this hilly area. Um, there are lots of small hills uh, in Burbank and behind the apartment buildings were just all these hills. But they basically had just um, put cement over all the hills and you could park on the cement or you could also park literally just like on the grass a little bit further back where they stopped the cement and it was just open country like you know whenever you came back you just kind of grabbed a parking spot i parked in a spot that was not technically approved for parking like it didn't have white lines but people parked there all the time and it was very common to just park wherever there was an open spot but i guess someone had complained or something because technically it made the the roadway a little smaller even though my car was one of many cars in that area and i came out to go to work the next day and uh my car was gone 
So I got really upset and I went up to the front clubhouse and I was like, hey, you told me, but like I, I park there all the time. Many people park there and they're like, well, that's technically not parking. I'm like, that's great. But I also remember at my orientation event with Emerson staff, they said that they will call your phone and they will ask you to move your car before they tell you, here's my phone. Where's my call? And I was like screaming and shouting at this guy. I hope I caused a scene because this guy <laughs> deserved it. And he's like, okay, well, that's a courtesy. We don't have to call every single person i had to pay like 190 dollars. my car had been towed to a parking lot in the same complex but they just wouldn't tell me where it was i mean i had my car keys i was just going to run around and find my car give them the middle finger uh but i had to go to work so i had to pay them like 190 dollars. yeah getting towed in america sucks yeah it's an ordeal um and i got i had this similar situation where i got towed during a snow emergency and it was it was an ordeal to get the car back i mean it, but it does teach you at the same time to never been towed a second time yeah yeah i mean once you once you go through it once you'll never do it again so i think maybe that could be one of the solutions is if if they're a little more willing to crack down on some of these people then you know the situation will improve until then you'll have you know face facebook groups mocking um the parking here. You also have this parking vigilante. I don't know about this page. I'm, I'm guessing if they ever find out who's behind this page, these people. Are- it, it gives a name, and you click on like contact. It says like we welcome criticism or something like that. Like they're pretty. Oh yeah, actually, they have a, a Jinho Nam is the name. Who knows if that's real or not? I could imagine a lawsuit over this. You know, we got. Uh, it, there was a New York Times article this week about defamation laws in Korea, so I could see this somehow becoming an issue at some point but um for now you know 10 bucks 10 bucks will get you some some vengeance 10 bucks for 10 stickers i gotta tell you what i want to see though and i'm not i'm not condoning this because kids don't do this but it would be interesting to see a video compilation of people who left those stickers on (laughs) cars deservedly so like, you know, real offenders put that sticker there and then they come back to the car and you get that reaction shot. Now, this would have to be done with like a telescopic lens or something, you know, because otherwise there'd be maybe like a fist fight or something. But I, I I would I would enjoy seeing that video. I think, you know, another this isn't just Korea, but there's, um you know, there's parking um, and driving enforcement videos out of Russia a lot. You see these parking kind of vigilantes or driving vigilantes where they'll stop people driving illegally down roads. So, yeah, this I think it's not just Korea where people are sick of this sort of behavior. And, um, you know, maybe the more people uh, realize that they're doing something wrong, maybe that that will help things to change a little bit. But if if people just kind of aren't aware that they're doing anything wrong, maybe um, it's going to be the same, the same until until people kind of gain awareness that it's a problem. What is that thing that they say in the States now? And I think John Stewart said it on his last show. It was like, if you see something, say something. <laughs> Everybody, if you see something, say something. Let's, let's, let's change the world. One horribly parked car or one pedestrian who's run down in the crosswalk at a time. All right, Travis, that's all the time we have. Uh, no, no voicemail uh, message this time. Last time we had a voicemail message. Hopefully next week we'll get another voicemail. I, I guess I encourage people, if, you know, if you're interested in the issue we're discussing, to, to definitely leave a message. We'll definitely change your voice. Um, so, yeah, if, if you are interested in um, you know, sharing your opinion, we'd love to um, have it played on air. Um, yeah, it's koreafm.net slash voicemail. All right. People have no no excuse not to leave a voice. None whatsoever.
uh, works on a computer, works on a, a mobile phone. All, all is good. So, Travis, yep. uh, I'll talk with you next week, and uh, you have a good one. You too.